Welcome to Theater in 360, the podcast of the Colonial Players of Annapolis. I'm your host, Jim Ryder. On today's podcast, Debbie Barber Eaton, who is the Director of Art, which opens September 9th and closes October 1st. Welcome to the podcast. We're here with Debbie Barber Eaton, who's directing Art, which opens September 9th, if I'm correct. I'm hoping to be there that night. It would be fun. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping you can make it. Debbie's been around Annapolis for a long time, Annapolis Theater for a long time. And I thought we'd start right in with some of your experiences at Colonial Players. How, how long have you been working at Colonial Players? And give us kind of a list of what you've done. Well, I had to go look up the date of my first show at Colonial. And would you believe it's 1968? Goodness. I know. And I was a mere child, of course. <laughs> and I was accruing, but I like to pretend I was in the show. Um, for uh, Wade and Gessner's Puss in Boots. Oh, yeah. And I got to enter with Beth Whaley, who played a witch. I honestly don't remember a whole lot about it. But um, my sister Kathy and I uh, were told to dress in black and pretend we were her minions. So that's why I thought, well, I'm in the show. You know? Well, you started off with the best. I sure did. Beth Whaley. Beth Whaley. My one performing experience with her was uh, my first show here, which was um, Driving Miss Daisy. Oh. It was her and uh, a guy named Alfred and me. And I thought I was in the presence of royalty. My goodness. And that was only 95. So, you know, <laughs> you were 10 by then. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then tell us what you've done since then at Colonial. Since then, um, well, probably one of my favorite, it is still my favorite, um, performing role there was Lady Macbeth. And that was, I believe, in 1996. And so challenging and, you know, just kind of insane that I even had the audacity to go out for that role. But it was thrilling. Um, and who directed that? Who directed that? Carol Yeomans, oh, the late great yeah. Carol Yeomans. There's some memories. Oh, boy, you're not kidding. So that was a fantastic experience. Um, Jim Gallagher was McDuff. And yeah, it was so long ago now. But that was a wonderful experience. The first time I directed at Colonial, they let me have the main stage musical right out of the gate. Um and I don't know what happened that year. The stars were in alignment, but I, they let me direct um, The Robber Bridegroom. Mm. And that was in 2000. And it was just a fabulous experience with a live bluegrass band and just marvelous cast. And it's a great experience. And you've gone uh, from here, as, as we all do, we've traveled around a little bit to various theaters, depending on what show's coming up. Tell us about some of the things you've done at other places. Well, I worked at the now-defunct Chesapeake Music Hall. Um, that was the first time I directed an adult show. I'd done a lot of work with children at Maryland Hall, um, kind of mentored by Shari Valerio, and taught, assisted her in some classes, and then I ended up being able to teach my own classes there. So I ended up working at Maryland Hall for 15 years as a teacher and worked, did, 
did kind of, that's when I got really interested in directing because I was directing all these kids. Um, and I thought, well, I'm going to try. So I asked um, Sherry Kay and Doug Yetter if I could direct uh, Arsenic and Old Lace at the Chesapeake Music Hall. And I said, I just want to learn. You don't have to pay me. Well, they were all over that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, that was my first time directing adults. And it was like a vacation after working with kids. Yeah. You know, working with kids is really fun and really tough. Yeah. Um, so it was a wonderful experience. I went on from there. And um, since then, I've directed at um, Summer Garden Theater, quite a few musicals right on the heels of Robert Bridegroom, I did Good News. And I think my favorite thing that I've directed at uh, Summer Garden is The Addams Family. Oh, gosh. Which yes, that was you fun. were in. Yes, that was much fun. So much fun. And yeah. my uncredited role was even more fun than my credited role. Which was? Thing. Thing. He had to hand it to me. <laughs> so uh, more recently, now when I say more recently, I had to remember back that we did Christmas Carol here in 2010. That's right. I thought, gosh, it's got to be at least three or four years. No, it's 11, 12, 12 years. 12 years. If I can do math. This year, yep. Um, you directed that beautifully with Sally yep. Gillis doing music. Um, and then tell us about, since we also did this together, um, tell us about doing Gypsy. Because I thought that was just a a really good show. Ron Giddings directed it, and you got to play the lead role, and goodness. Uh, Well, I actually did the role at Anne Arundel Community College in 2000, and um, I thought that was going to be it. And uh, Ron encouraged me to audition, and I, I just honestly was not sure I could take it on again. It's so huge. Mm -hmm. And kind of terrifying. But yes, um, I had a wonderful time doing it. I'm thrilled that I did it. It was one of those experiences where I hope I get it, I hope I get it, and mm-hmm. then you get it, and it's like, oh my God, I have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was a wonderful experience. And having you literally holding my hand. <laughs> <laughs> that was a very fun experience. Very fun. I always say at this age, if I get it, I'm happy. And if I don't, I'm relieved. You said that to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's zero back in on on CP, mm-hmm. and you've done acting, you've done directing. Mm-hmm. Um, when you first came to CP to direct, how did you find in the round? And I'd, I'd like to attach that to mm-hmm. the current, you know, production art because right. that's a play that most people have seen on proscenium because of the use of the paintings. Mm-hmm. And so just generally working at Colonial and the Round, and then let's jump right into art and how you're handling that. Okay. Um, I was pretty comfortable coming in to direct Robert Bridegroom because I had already done a lot of shows there, seen a million shows there, and um, was pretty comfortable in the round by then. So, yes, it was a hugely challenging. The circle is your friend, mm-hmm. you know, as far as big production numbers and things like that. Where are you going to put this live band that you've begged for? <laughs> where do you put put them? Um, but yeah, and as far as um, art goes, I had been told, and I have still been told, how in the world are you going to do that there? And it has been challenging, hasn't it, Jim? It's been a bit challenging, yeah, to stay out of the corners. 
Yeah. You know, um, what we're what we're talking about for those who aren't familiar with the show, it's uh, basically there's three guys. One guy buys this white painting. The other guy chides him for it to the point of you know risking their friendship. The other guy tries to mediate. I'm very much oversimplifying, but the key to it is that it's it's such a spare production as as it's meant to be that the only changes between these three guys' apartments is a single painting mm-hmm. that comes down. Each guy has his own you know painting. Well, how do you do that in the round? And I think I think we're getting it done. I think you've come up with some clever ways to do it. We won't you know disclose everything here because yeah, you should give go away and see all our little tricks and secrets but it is uh, every every play that people say you can't do in the round colonial does it and they do it in the round and it ends up being very successful so mm-hmm. um tell us about um art itself we touched on it a little bit since i just kind of went through the plot mm-hmm. but when you read the script mm-hmm. this is a play that was supposed to be on the end of last year right and covid mucked everything up and mm-hmm. they got pushed to the beginning of this season. Um, but when you were asked to do it and you first read that script, mm-hmm. you had seen it before. I saw it at Dignity. At Dignity. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, which was a good show. Wonderful show. And uh, tell us when you read the script, what, what made you think, yes, I should do this? It made me laugh. It, um, I found it charming. It's uh, succinct. It's mm-hmm. I mean, we've talked about this in rehearsals. There's no fat in this script. You know, it's a, essentially a one hour and 20 minutes of just intellectual. It's got some meat to it, but it's, it's very funny and it's very, it's very relatable, mm-hmm. human, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, premiered in 1994 in Paris and it's been translated. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yasmina Reza. Am I saying that right? Reza? Yasmina, Yasmina Reza. Reza. Yasmina Reza wrote it. It was translated. It was on Broadway in 1998. It won the best, uh, Tony for Best Play in 98. Alfred Molina was nominated for a, uh, a Tony. Alan Alda, Victor Garber, amazing actors, all mm. three. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were versions over in London with right. famous actors. Um, it's been done a thousand times, if not more, in this country because it's three guys. So mm-hmm. it's a nice spare set, a spare cast, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, now that we're closing in on opening, tell us what you think of the adaptation into Colonial Players and what you've seen of it at coming to life. As far as adapting to the round? Adapting to the round. And then just now that you're seeing it, you know, on stage as opposed to in your head, what you're uh, thinking. Yes. Um, I frequently have a difficult time reading a play that I haven't seen. And I have seen art, but it was quite a few years ago. Mm-hmm. So I'm a little blurry. My memories are a little blurry about that. So essentially, I felt like I was reading it. You know, I was certainly reading it for the first time. And it came alive in my mind as I read it. And I read it multiple times Uh with an eye towards, do I want to direct this? Um, as far as what we're doing, it, my actors have just breathed life into it from the beginning, um, you three gentlemen. So individual, so different uh, vocal tones, inflections, characterization, acting styles. You and I have talked about this some. Uh, 
so different and yet so cohesive and mm -hmm. really just clicking. Mm -hmm. And we have someone in the cast who's brand new to Colonial Players, brand new to me. I've never met him before. And it's just like he, you guys have known each other for years. Give us his name. Oh, his name is Sam Lunet. And he's he has a French name, which is good for this show. Um, and I am uh, privileged to be in it. Yep. I certainly thought I was too old for it. And then when, you know, <laughs> Tom Newbro showed up, I knew I wasn't too old. Uh, that's just a joke. Uh, Tom Newbro did the show. Uh, I think it was 13. I could be wrong at Dignity. Okay. Um, he's doing the same role, mm -hmm. Mark. Um, tell us about the three characters. Because I'll focus just on, you know, on you. Serge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, <clears throat> the three characters, Serge... Serge is uh, the one who has bought this painting and spent a good chunk of his life savings to buy this piece of art that he has fallen in love with and become pretty obsessed with. He's been pursuing this piece of art for years. So, and all three of these characters have some interests in art. But Serge's interest has kind of taken off, really, apart from his two friends. Mm -hmm. um, be, he's kind of passed, surpassed them in his own interests, his own education, uh, self-education in art. Um, so when he proudly presents this piece that he's absolutely in love with to his best friend, Mark, Mark couldn't be more disdainful. and. And then it causes quite a lot of tension be between these two friends. And so then Mark brings in, to kind of back up his position, their third friend, the third of this trio, the third best friend in this trio, um, trying to get him to take his side. And then Serge is trying to get him to take his side. And it just becomes, it blows all out of proportion. I mean, my opinion about this show is the idea of the painting and the idea about it being about art, it could really be about anything. It's about the relationship, the friendship between these three men. That's what's really important. That's where the meat comes from, you know. And when people ask me, well, is it a comedy? It's like, well, it's funny. Yeah. You know, I describe it as serio-comic, or yeah. what do they say now, a dramedy. Yeah. You know, but it's a comedy, it's funny, but it's got a lot of meat and a yeah. lot of grit. Uh, Reza, who wrote it, um, I just wrote down something that she said. She said uh, she calls it a funny tragedy. She said it's the end of a relationship or close to the end of a relationship. It's a rupturing of a relationship, which is a tragedy. But there are funny moments because these three guys have been friends for so many years that there's always going to be, you know, some kind of humor between them. But she's written it so that the humor is so natural that you could see why she calls it a tragedy of a friendship, mm -hmm. you know? But there is a lot of laughter in it, mostly because I think there's a warmth between these guys that kind of under is an undercurrent to all the enmity that's going on, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I've got friends that I've had since fifth grade. Touch and go, you know, contact, no contact. It, it's... Your friends are your friends forever. And if, if you have arguments in fifth grade or sixth grade or seventh grade, or you have an argument 
at 65, 66 years old, they're still your friends 10 years from now, mm -hmm. you know? So it's interesting that the way she's written this and the way it's been translated, that it really uh, relates to, doesn't matter if you're in France, doesn't matter if you're in London, doesn't matter if you're on Broadway, doesn't matter if you're in Annapolis. Mm -hmm. Everybody has those kinds of friendships. The painting could be my proclivity for stereo gear. It could be somebody else's 68 Mustang that they paid 200000 for, mm -hmm. you know. I'm, I'm, I'm rattling on because I'm really enjoying doing it and because it's such a well-written piece mm -hmm. and well-translated. So um, if you could sit down with, with her, the writer of this thing, uh, supposedly um, this, the seed of this came when, when a friend of hers bought a painting and she just burst out laughing at it when he showed it to her and was so proud. Um, if you could sit down with her for 15 minutes and just pick her brain, what would you ask her about this show? I think I would ask her, what would it be like if these were three women? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, how would it be different? Could it even uh, be written? Because women's relationships are d so different mm -hmm. um, and so women fight differently than men do. You know, so I think that would be my question. Do you think women would be less direct or more direct with each other? Mm, depends on the woman. Yeah. Uh, that would be an interesting take. It would be. A whole you different know? translation yeah. into another language. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, in general, I mean, of course, we're generalizing here. Yeah. Um, I think women are more comfortable talking about feelings than men are. Yeah. I seriously doubt that things would get, we wouldn't need a fight choreographer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah, I think that's what I would wonder. I mean, why did she choose to write about three men in the first place? Yeah. You know, just kind of interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point because it was a male friend who bought the painting that she laughed at originally. Okay. And then, um, uh, you know, she went off and, not immediately, but, you know, wrote this play about three guys. And I guess it's just the way it landed for her with, mm -hmm. with him. But that would be a very interesting take. Uh, mm -hmm. You'd have to have some rewrites, I'm sure. You know, we couldn't talk about Paula so badly. <laughs> <laughs> it would just be Paul. It would just be Paul, right. <laughs> um, so um, we, we touched on this, the difference between the seriousness of the show mm -hmm. as it relates to friendships and the laughter in the show. Mm -hmm. Do you see the show itself as written, leaning one way or the other? Do you see um, Do you see her paying attention to comedy, or is that just an outgrowth of what's what's written? Well, I would have said that she pays attention to comedy until I read um, during my you know research about this play that she was upset when she first heard the audiences in London at the premiere laughing. Yeah. So that threw me for a loop. Yeah. Because it's so funny. Yeah. It's, it's crafted to be funny. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I really it's don't know. You don't want to punch up the humor because that would be unnatural, but the humor does mm -hmm. come naturally, mm -hmm. which is why they were laughing. And and I think she has to understand there's a lot of people who look at a white painting that, you know, would be, what, $40,000 in our money and say, that's funny right there. Right. 
forget the friendships and everything else. That's just funny. So, well, she accused the translator, who she's good friends with, because yeah. he's d done other translate Christ yeah. Christopher Hampton. Yeah, she accused him of messing with her play when she heard the laughing. But he said, as soon as the curtain went up and these two men are standing there. That's how they staged the beginning, yeah. um, looking at this white painting, that the audience started laughing before a line was said. Yeah. So. That is funny. It is funny. Two guys looking at a white painting. Right. With intent. Yep. So, um, so we have a, a four-week run, September 9th mm -hmm. through October 1st, right. four-weekend run. And then what's next for you? Anything or sleep? Oh, gosh. Um, there are some interesting things coming up at Colonial. Yeah. So um, I'm not going to put it out there right now, yeah. <laughs> what, what I'm interested in, but there are some things I might be interested in auditioning for. Okay. Not directing. Um, I don't know. We've, not for we've this ruined season. you for directing, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, the directors are all selected for this season. Yes. Um, so who knows down the road? Do you have anything that I've missed? Oh, gosh. Nothing that we should talk about on the air. Well, that's different. Though. All right. <laughs> we appreciate you being with us. My pleasure. We all hope the run goes very well. I know we it will. We know it will because you're directing it. Mm. And thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. You've been listening to Theater in 360, the podcast of the Colonial Players of Annapolis, hosted by Jim Ryder, produced by Richard Atha Nichols, with music by Rob Levitt. Find out more at thecolonialplayers.org. And feel free to email us at podcast at thecolonialplayers.org. Thank you.